Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode, episode 16 of Joe Oriani's podcast. My name is Joe Oriani. You can reach me at Joe Oriani podcast at yahoo.com or on Twitter at Oriani Joe 3. I have Instagram. I'm not sure why. I have Snapchat. I haven't figured out what to do with that yet, but eventually I will. But at least to know that I am hip and I'm getting there. Now, just remember. What I tell you all the time, the person that's most important in these recordings is the person on the other side of this camera. It is not me. Uh, just to give you an update, uh, there's going to be some changes coming soon at the end of the month. I have my guest today. I have a very special guest next week. And the following week, I have someone else when I come back from Las Vegas. Now, I will be turning around and doing a YouTube channel. Uh, hopefully, I get more people to hate me or like me. Just, I will be answering any questions that you have about any subject except abortion. I'm going to touch that one with a 10-foot pole. Okay? So, And I will give my opinion, honestly, because I am not politically correct. All right. With that being said, uh, my next guest is a very special guest. What she achieved to me is very, very, uh, very nice. Her name is Pam Django. Pam, where were you born? I was born in Passaic, New Jersey. Now, uh, yeah, actually, Dave and I were both born in Passaic, and, and then we moved to uh, Maywood. So how long have you been in New Jersey all your life? I've lived in New Jersey my entire life, yes. Maywood, uh, went, went to Seton Hall, now I'm back up north. I feel sorry for you. <laughs> all them taxes. Anyway, uh, how was it growing up in New Jersey anyway? Um, you know, it's kind of like that Maywood feel was like growing up, even though it was in the 80s, it felt like the 1950s Americana, small neighborhood, small town, kids on bicycles running around town and, you know, the parades and picnics. It was very, like I said, very Americana from what you would think of years ago. So I would say I had a great childhood growing up. And how was grammar school? Grammar school was okay. You know, again, we I went to the same school from kindergarten through eighth grade. You know, same core group of friends. And again, it just had that very hometown feeling. You know, I think a lot of that might be missing today, but it's something mm -hmm. that I do see people looking to try and get back to. Yeah. which is, you know, a little bright light. Well, once you lose something, it's very difficult to go back to it. I, I do wish them good luck. I know what you're talking about. So let me ask you a question. You went to Seton Hall. What did you take there? I got a degree in biology, actually. Bachelor's of Science in Biology with a minor in communication because, you know, I wanted to be on the heavy metal radio station there. So I minored in communication. You didn't have to your brother. Yes. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. So you got this degree in biology, and I know biology is very hard. Why did What did you do with that degree? So when I graduated, I ended up getting a job in, through a temporary agency at a pharmaceutical company called Organon in West Orange. And somehow I ended up working as a research scientist with people who had pharmacy degrees. I guess my performance during my six weeks temporary stretch, which I know that's a lot of the way some people actually get a foot in the door, 
ended up, you know, making uh, making an impression on the people who it counted to, and I ended up being a formulation scientist for for ten years. So until I, you know, made the leap to the family business. Yeah, let's talk about the family business. But before we do, you have you were a gladiator at Gladiator. What is that? <laughs> I've been dying I'm, to ask you that question for a long time. History of the World with Mel Brooks. Yeah. With, with gladiator scene. It was always just a joke with uh, my college friends from Seton Hall. We're all big Mel Brooks fans. Again, something that probably wouldn't be tolerated in this day and age. Some of the Mel Brooks movies. <laughs> but that was, uh, it was just a joke from, you know, the, the Roman Empire scene of History of the World. I see it on your Facebook. I'm saying, what the hell was that? Gladiator, gladiator. Now, let's talk about the family business. Yes. Uh, you started working for your dad. Correct. As as what? Well, I'll preface that as, so 10 years in the pharmaceutical industry, you get to a certain point, and you know, I have no about admitting I'm not the genius genius. So you get to a certain level. And if you're not that genius, then you have to really move into either clinical or regulatory to advance your career. And I was not about working with the FDA every day. So the family business is uh, we're freight brokers. We have a freight broker license and we do freight and factoring, which is we buy open receivables. So my dad started the business in the mid eighties and it was around 2000-ish, it was March of 2000, when we sat down and as he was getting older and the business was flourishing and my not wanting to deal with the FDA on a daily basis in terms of a career choice, we just made this, I made the decision to make the leap and go to work with dad. And what you start out doing? Well, we, I guess I would, you know, daily operations, learning every aspect of what goes into, you know, running the business. We had, you know, several clients. We direct freight for some companies as a third party, and then other companies. We, uh, I would guess, you'd be called an account rep. We have companies that we do the factoring for. So between myself and the other individuals that work there, everybody managed a couple of clients, and then at some point. I took over managing all of them from the top degree and then let the other account reps manage them on the, you know, what would be the secondary level, the day to day. And I just made sure they all went in the right direction. So you, basically guy, took, you took over for your dad, pushed him much. out the door, poor guy. Right. <laughs> well, he was very involved in the rotary at that point and they were doing all sorts of stuff. So it actually gave him the liberty to do that as well as gave me the the liberty of, you know, expanding the business a little. So One of the things I really, really wanted to talk to you about is when did you start getting and why did you start getting involved in the BFW? So, well, the mayor would let, me, let me preface that by saying, for people who don't know, that's Veterans of Foreign Wars. Right. So we are actually, I'm actually a member of the American Legion Auxiliary. Oh, okay, which, sorry. That's okay. No, it's the veteran organization, only, only you have to, 
in order to be a member, you didn't have to actually be on foreign land. So my dad was a Marine, or is, sorry, is a Marine, right? You're never not a Marine. And he was in the Korean War. And he was a member, he's a member, so I'm a member of the American Legion under his Marine enlistment. Um, and so the story goes back, the American Legion in Maywood is very close to my parents' house, and we have a lot of friends who were members. And we were, I was not really a member. We just kind of knew everybody there, and some of our friends were members, and some weren't. And it was about 2011, where the auxiliary in Maywood only had about three members in it. They were near not being able to make, you know, whatever requirements are made to stay a viable chapter. And some of the legionnaires came to some of us and said, why don't you ladies join? And I guess that makes it history from there. About 10 of us joined all at once. And we bought the unit back and started doing bingo at the veterans home and doing all the things that, you know, we do as a unit, we do at this point, 12 years later, we've really expanded what we're capable of. So. You know, I've seen a lot of pictures and stuff that you post yeah. and I'm always very impressed. You seem to be a little high up, high up officer in that, that particular group. Yes. Yeah, so actually it's a funny story about your brother, Mike. He is a member in the Rutherford American Legion and one of the members there I had only joined, it was about 2013 or so, and uh, one of the auxiliary ladies who was a member in his post asked me to be, she was on the verge of becoming county president, so president of the entire county. Asked me to serve as her sergeant at arms. Kathy Prince is her name. And I accepted, oh, you only have to do the one year, you don't have to climb the chairs, just please be my sergeant at arms. No problem. And then the next year, well, do you think you want to be county chaplain? And before I knew it, I was county president of the entire county from 2019 to 2021 and still serving as a county officer. So how many how many people do you have now? I'm sorry? How many people are belong to auxiliary now? Um, let's see, Bergen County has um so I am the membership chairperson for Bergen County. So I can tell you. There are 765 members in wow. Bergen right now, 21 uh, units. So I'm still a county officer, and I think I probably will be, and everybody asks. Unfortunately, those are the part of the organization that we need people to still participate in in order for everybody else. You know, do I enjoy going to meetings and well, you know, doing all the paperwork? I don't want to say I enjoy it, but it's a necessary part of being able to do the other stuff, like go bingo at the veterans home or, you know, do those kind of things that those are the things that you really feel like you're making an impact. So, but in order to do those type of things, the on-hand things, somebody has to do the paperwork and the business stuff in the background. So. Now you originally told me, you originally told me Maywood had three when you first got asked to join. How many do they have now? We have 56 members on our roster. Um, not all of them are active. Some of them are obviously a little bit older. And we uh, and some don't all, you know, it's not necessary to live in town. So some don't all participate in what we do because 
you have a member who ends up moving away, but they still want to maintain their membership. But yeah, so we went from, there were three ladies running the auxiliary when we joined, but I think they had 10 people on the roster because the ladies were paying for their granddaughters and daughters, et cetera. So, but we have expanded it quite well. Well, that's quite interesting. Now, with that, what do you do for veterans like at Christmas time? Anything special? Do you guys plan anything? Well, we try and um, actually, so the vet, the veterans home, Paramus Veterans Home will be the closest veterans home to us. So we did through a whole bunch of fundraising projects, we got two new buses for them so that if we have, you know, so not just Maywood, but so within the whole county, people do go in, the county goes in and we do a, a Christmas party with bingo and we give gifts to all the veterans, whether or not they're, every year we try and do something different, lap blankets, socks, you know, new sweatshirts, wallet things, stuff like that. But with the new buses, with the transport, we're actually able to, if we can coordinate to bring, to, you know, bring them to posts who are having Christmas parties and things like that. So I try and be involved in, from a county level, what we do, as well as trying to get, you know, the Maywood and the individual units to try and get, you know, so like I said, organized Christmas parties, or at least organized Christmas bingo where we can go there, or Christmas parties like that. Unfortunately, due to COVID, makes it a little difficult. You know, everybody, we have to go there a little bit earlier and everybody gets swabbed and gets rapid tests. But that's, you know, the cost of what we, you know, that's why we're here. I'm glad I live in Florida. Right? (laughs) Anyway, then my next question, I guess you do things uh, all all season long, like both July picnics and things like that for the veterans? Yep, yep. Um, actually, this past Fourth of July, my mother was the Grand Marshal in the Fourth uh, of July parade, and we were able to. Uh, we had some veterans that came down. We had the veterans in the parade, but we do 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 things all de- all year long. Yeah, you know we. Yeah. And again, there are always bingos and stuff like that. Fortunately, we're not allowed to bring food into the veterans' homes anymore. Again, why? Well. Let's just say some of the veterans are on restrictive diets. They're not forthcoming telling us who, you know. So when you have a a big room and when we're in the big bingo room and the guy, oh, I'm allowed to have that. Did you bring any beer with you? This, that, and the other thing. So I guess, you know, it's just easier. But we, you know, we truly at least go in and we, you know, bring whatever we can bring in, you know, for them. So. You know, being a Vietnam veteran myself and having been in Vietnam when I came back, I am on a lot of restrictive things, too. But I will tell you, between you and I and whoever else is going to listen to this, I went out and I bought a coconut custard pie yesterday, that time of year. I ate it half for dinner and half for breakfast. So, but don't tell my doctor that. Right. right. We veterans don't really give it to him. We got here on our own. We'll go out on our own. That's what I might tell my doctor because the VA sucks anyway. So it's. My opinion, a lot of others. Yes. Especially when it comes to Definitely stand to be improved. That is definitely, uh, there's definitely room for much improvement. Yes, I would would say so. The good thing now, though, I don't know about the veterans there, and you can answer this for me. When we have medical issues, we don't have to go to the VA. We we can go outside. We just call them up and say, I'm not going that far. Get me someplace. 
I'm not I'm not sure about that, but you know, that would be interesting to find out. You know, I know because uh, some of the commanders from the posts that are around, I do see them checking in. Who, who you know, thanks to social media, they'll be at the, the East Orange VA or something like down that way. And I would think that if there was the possibility of not going to East Orange VA, that they wouldn't. How far so, away is it? East Orange is well, probably about 20 minutes. How many miles? Um, I mean, East Orange is right next to Seton Hall. I guess it's about 18 miles. Yeah, you're just under the limit. I think it's 20 miles or something like uh, that. If you're within 20 miles and it's a hassle, you can call them up. And I think you might be able to do that anyway. You call a VA and said, uh-uh, I ain't traveling. Like I okay. do that. I'm not going to Tampa. I'm not going to Lakeland, which is only 20 miles away. Give me somebody local so I don't have to go anywhere. And they do that. They're pretty good with that. I, I, I don't, so that's a good point. I didn't realize it was based on the mileage from where you were located. Yeah, but you could, I, you know, you could spread the word around. There. I don't know if they know that, but they could check because that's exactly what I do. With, even with Lakeland, which is only 20 miles away, I just call. I ain't traveling that far. You want me to get something done? Do it up here. Get right, me a local right. doctor, eye doctor, whatever it may be. Right. So, yeah, you can check. I'm not 100 percent sure on the mileage, so not that I I'm care. Find that out. Yeah. Yeah, it's always good to know. Now, yeah. my next question is your health. How you doing? Doing okay. Hey, uh, Don't lie. <laughs> I have some spine issues. You know, when I was a kid, and uh, we were in gym class, and they did the scoliosis test. It was, you know, if you were past a certain degree of a curve, they would send you to the doctor. If not, oh, you can get that fixed later. So at fifty-one. It's later, so I have to uh, have some, this curve in my spine is pinching some nerves down my leg, so uh, we got a little numbness and some tingling, so we uh, had some MRIs and some CT scans, and I have a doctor's appointment on Wednesday, we'll try to straighten out the issue, so to speak. Hope. We hope, at least degree. I have I have a question for you. Now I'm not 100 percent sure of this, so I'm only gonna guess. And you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. And I, I'm probably gonna I shouldn't go be going here, but I'm gonna anyway. Is your political beliefs different than your parents? Um. Well, it's uh. I won't yell at you. No, no, it's like a middle of the road type of question. Like a couple of years ago, I'm at my parents' house. My father was a Republican. He's now an independent. My mother's a Democrat, but we call her a, Demo a Republican in Democrats clothing because, you know, she's not really a far-reaching Democrat. So, like I said, I would think I was somewhere in the middle. You know, I am... Because I, I laugh because I see your mother Democratic club and I, I look at your post and I say, wait a minute, there's a difference of opinion here, and right. I find that absolutely funny. Right. Thanksgiving right. Like fun. You know, she's Democratic club. She was a Democratic councilwoman in town for years. She was the president of the Democratic club, but all of her beliefs are not, I guess it's a small town politics difference based on the broad spectrum of when you see the Democratic Party, you know, running the country. You know, it is a, there's different levels. 
you know, from a, and I, you know, from a small town aspect, I really think it's about the best person for the job, not necessarily what party line that they are on. Yeah. Sometimes they, you know, get into whatever party line that they can run for, but, you know, more on an individual basis. So my beliefs, you know, I have some democratic, you know, oh, yeah. I don't want to say influences, but, you know, I, I, I see certain sides of it, but I also, you know, there's still the Republican in me, you know, working for what, you know, am I against, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm kind of at a loss for how to explain it. You know, about, uh, they talk about the story about giving, you know, everybody who's working, paying for the people who aren't working, you know, and I believe that if there's a reason that somebody can't work or what they're absolutely, you know, then they deserve. So, like I said, I, I see the sides of it, but I also think that there's, you know, there's a little bit of enabling going on yeah. by the government to certain people. And so that's where my Republican side comes out. I'm 72 so, and I just finished work a month ago because I got fired. So, <laughs> so yeah, but I'll be going back. I'll be going back in January. So, okay. Whether they like it or not, it stuck with me. So yeah. yes, I, and I enjoy working. Even if it's full, I was working full time. Now right. I have the part time because driving on Route Four here is not fun. And well, I figured, you know, it's something to do. And like it's a part it's of not even for the money. Actually, I always tell them if I'm not having fun in this job, I'm leaving. Period. Right. I don't need right. the job. You can yell at me all day long. If I, you know, I'm going to do this work right the way I want to do it or the way you want to do it. Right. See if I think it's right. I'm very stubborn. Now, speaking of that in politics, I know my brother is a staunch uh, conservative or Republican. Yes, he is. Uh, I don't know about my sister Dawn because we don't talk too much. Uh, but yeah, I see my brother Mike putting all this stuff. Why is David, your brother, coming back from the East Coast, the West Coast? He liked it there. He does like it there. And actually, there's a recent development that it was only within the last couple of days that they're not going to sell the house. They're going to paint it and hire a management company and rent it. Because when he told me he was wanted to come home, which I'll elaborate on in one quick minute, I told him he was a fool. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he eight acres of property in Southern California in San Diego County. They bought it at a short sale at 375 10 years ago. It's worth a million dollars at this point, you know, but so for years, as we spoke today's dad's birthday, he's 88, and he's had some health issues for some time now. And it's almost like, I don't want to say we've become jaded by it, not jaded, but it's like, we're used to that. But this past year, mom had cancer. She had a heart problem. And I think for Dave, the fact that the healthy parent has now been having issues and he wants his son to be around here. So I think it was like a little bit of homesick. They don't really have any family out there. Dominic's a little older. I think they wanted to be around family and around people for you know, I mean, Victoria, Sandra, and, and Googie live right here in Hesburgh Heights. You know, there's family around here. Dave's wife, Shorna, doesn't really have much family out there. So they are very isolated in terms of, you know. I like isolation. The, that's what I said when they said they were going to socially distance two years ago. So they live on 
They live on the backside of Camp Pendleton, up on a mountain. So they've been social distancing for eight years at that point. When we moved yeah. to Arkansas, I made sure we 20 acres in the middle of everybody that had 100 acres, dirt roads for miles. I was very happy. Right. right. Except for the coyotes and the scorpions and the snakes and the bobcats, a few little odds and ends, but it, it was nice. Other nice than that. Diesel. Other than that. Yes. So, so are you going to hire them? Um, I, I think he actually, I don't think it's it's in Dave's, you know, nature to sit behind a desk. So he works for drag specialties or, you know, he's a motorcycle guy, as you know. So I think, believe he already has some, uh, some leads for, uh, in the industry this way. I mean, if, if it comes to it and that's what he wants to do, like I said, it's certainly not in his nature to sit behind the desk from nine to five, you know, from Monday no, to no, that's true. I think you know, he's been a salesman for years. He's been on the road, you know, he visits shops. You know, that's more of his uh, wheelhouse. Okay, let's get back to you. How long are you going to be doing things with the auxiliary? Have, have you, are you just going to keep going? Um, At this point, yes. I mean, I don't see an end in sight. Like I said, I do enjoy it. There's been issues, well, not issues. There's been questions posed to me about going up to the state level um and with mom and dad and you know life in general right now i've you know i'm in charge of the entire community service program for the state of new jersey like i'll take a chair on certain state committees but to be a state officer they're at things every weekend you know they're all i mean i know the state is small but, you know, you're in Gloucester County on Saturday and you're in Sussex County on Sunday. It's a big commitment. And one that, you know, with, um, with like I said, mom and dad, where they Thank are right now, chefs. you know, I've, I've declined moving up. But down the road, you know, based on, you know, if I get myself in order and things, you know, depending on how things shake out, I, you know, I could see, foreseeing the future, being department president. But, in terms of just, you know, doing stuff, I will, wouldn't stop. You know, well, it does. It gives me a, you know, I enjoy it. You know, I tell you, say. when you started to do that, and I started to see the pictures and read your stuff, I think what you do is very noble, and what you all do is very noble. Uh, and, and it's a, a veteran, believe it or not, I do appreciate it. It's that some people care, and you don't find that too much anymore. Right, right. They pretend they do. Oh, welcome home. Yeah, and I get lost. You know. So. Yeah, and we have, like I said, in, I've made some great friends. You know, my friend Dennis. He's an Army and Navy veteran. He's the commander at the post in Rochelle Park. My friend Sophia. So there are things that on social media, even just without the organizational aspect of it, people will throw up. I got a, you know, I got a vet who needs a, a dresser. I got a, a, you know, and people immediately. You know, we're all over it. You know, I got a bet, you know, can anybody know electrician will come help this guy? So even on the, you know, although social media has its its benefits and other aspects as well, just something as easy as that, you know, be able to provide a network of people that we can get, thing, you know, I need a walker, I need a wheelchair. You know, for the most part, like we get things done within a day or two where some of these veterans like if they needed something and had to go through like the red tape channels that are yes. also there it would take a hell of a lot longer you know and i 
it's, it's a great thing that like he could put something up, you know, about somebody in need. He needs some guys to help somebody move. He needs it, you know, and people are, you know, like you said, there's a lot of people out there who actually still do, you know, want to help, who care, and all that. So that's a very, you know, like I said, that it makes it, you know, the feeling of actually, you know, helping you. It's, you know, a lot, you know, people write checks and make donations, and that is all needed too. But like the on hand stuff, it does give you that extra you know, feeling of that you really made an impact. Well, we have a few VFWs down here. And I won't join for two reasons. One is I don't want to walk in there and talk about what I did in Vietnam. I just really, really don't. I can't. That's what I'm still getting treated for. So I feel very uncomfortable. Where were you stationed? What did you do? You know what? You and ASP not going to walk away from you. Right. And the right. second thing is all they do is drink and I don't drink. So that's true. <laughs> so you know, going going to VF, my wife says, "Well, why don't you go to VFW?" Well, that's that's why. I mean, I don't even talk to anybody about what I did, what I didn't do in Vietnam. Right. Something it's like everybody else, that was it. When we see a lot of us, well, we are upstairs at the canteen. There are a couple of you know guys who don't drink, and when you talk about the people who talk about what they did, the commander of the Maywood Post right now, Tom, he was in, he's a Vietnam veteran as well. But he'll sit there and tell stories for days. But it's because, and you know, he was stationed in Germany. You know, he yeah. wasn't wasn't on on the you know. So he'll tell his stories of the guys and what they did, and you know, more of the shenanigan type parts. But for the most part, a lot of the guys at our post they don't delve into it. You know, but like you said, it's not like that everywhere. So to be in a position where you'd have to say, I don't want to talk about it. It's totally understandable. Well, even like, when I'm wearing my uh, hat, it says I'm a veteran, and I walk into a supermarket like Walmart or something, somebody said, well, thank you for your service. And when were you in Vietnam? And I'll think about it and tell them, well, where were you? And that shuts me right off. Like, right. Don't worry about where I was. I know where I was. Right. You know, I, I don't know why I got that attitude, but I do. No. Right, you could just say thank you for your service and leave it at that. Yeah, even if you were there too, I don't, I don't care when you were there. I don't care where you were. Just right. thank you. You know, there's something about that. But yes, I think what you do is very noble, and that's why I wanted to have you on because I think thank uh, you. there should be more people like you doing more for the veterans because the veterans are really, really get screwed around here. Yes, even, even the new ones, uh, they yeah. don't get the treatment they deserve. They don't get the help they deserve. And it's very hard to find any. But yeah, they should join organizations, uh, military organizations to help them, not like me. But again, I want to thank you, Pam. And I want to ask you a question. What would you say to somebody if they want to go ahead and and how would they go ahead and help? Whether it's auxiliary or VFW, would you say join? Would you say knock on their door? I haven't seen any lady auxiliaries around here. So okay. Um Anybody who wants to help, well, obviously the internet would be the first thing. Like you could look, search local organizations, an individual looking to join. We're actually, as an organization, trying to get new members. We've actually recently, we're organizing an open house and we'll use social media to bring them in. So again, the internet and social media with all its downsides, it does provide an avenue for finding either people who want to be involved or for people who want to be involved finding organizations to join. 
Like, I know there are American legions down there, and not every American legion actually has an auxiliary unit, but as you indicated, the BFW, they have auxiliary units. There are other organizations, Team Red, White, and Blue. That's a younger uh, veteran organization that is uh, more active in areas, and it doesn't revolve around, as you indicated, like you said, people sitting up at the, the Legion Post drinking. Team Red, White, and Blue is actually a lot of the younger veterans are involved, and they do like 5Ks, and it's stuff that's more out. You know, they do hikes and stuff like that. So really, in, in order to people who want to help, I mean, there are, you know, you can make general donations, but really the active helping, you know, and being an involved participant is, you know, find whoever is local in your area. Yeah, I wouldn't worry about doing 5Ks. I can't even do 100 feet. So we're good. We're good. But what are the requirements to join? You have well, to have somebody that was in the service? In order to join the American Legion Auxiliary, you have to have a direct relative, let's see, mother, father, son, grand, uh, up to the grandparent level, who served, yes. Uncle, aunt? I'm sorry? Uncle or aunt or? Um, not no. uncle or aunt, no. So direct family member. Direct family. Okay, well, that, that's good for people to know. In order to like, we do have we have individuals who aren't actually eligible to join, and they come and they help. You know, when we do activities, they can come to meetings. They just don't hold a vote if we have to vote on do our fundraising. You know, we it still is an organization, so we do a fundraiser. We raise as much money. We vote where to donate it. Service dog programs, blah blah blah. So people aren't actual members they don't get a vote but they are still welcome to come and be involved um i'm not sure about some of the other organizations the, what is required to join because i always thought it was a little exclusive i mean people they all know holds barred the american legion the sons hillary you know the membership is obviously are declining and you know any service will will tell you the same thing is going on the Lions, the Rotary, all those type of things. So there is an age at some point, I guess it's, you know, people like like Des, it's hard to be involved in certain things when you have little kids. So yes. as you get to the 40s, when people who have kids in their, you know, as their kids are older, they get more free time. So like I said, it, it, I think it's a little important to join something or to do something so again i want to say i'm real proud of what you do and i'm really grateful for what you do and i thank you for coming on with my whole heart i really do because i did want to talk about all that again, yeah, well, thank you for having me yeah, you know when your podcast and being available and all your guests and you know your youtube and that's pretty cool that you've ventured into uh i'm still learning Sometimes, uh, a, every once in a while, when I hit that button, when we're done, it disappears. I'm like, oh, crap, I got to do it over. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully, I got the right buttons. Pam, again, thank you. Tell your father happy birthday. Oh, well, um, tell your mother, I hope she's doing well. And uh, tell David someday when he's ready. He keeps saying, oh, I'm almost ready to come on. Oh, okay. Yeah, you can have a little music section with him. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
again, I'll let you know. I think it's probably this will probably come out Wednesday morning on YouTube, Spotify, Apple, all that stuff. I have Excellent. to do all the editing because believe it or not, you know how many oomphs people say in the course of a conversation? I had two hundred twenty on the last one. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> okay, Pam, thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. For all right, take care. Thanks, Pam. Okay, you got it. Thank you. you. Hang up. I okay. got something to say. I got you. Yeah. You can edit all this out too. Well, no, I'm not recording it tomorrow. Oh, okay. We're done. All right. Take care, hon. All right. Bye. Took forever to get you on. Now you can't get off. There you go. I know, right? Hang on. There you go. Hang on, Al, because I'm on the I'm on the phone. Wait, Jeez. we're right? Are you still there? We're done recording. I'm still, I can still hear you. I just got Dawn my recording. Dawn actually came and stayed with me last weekend. Mike had hip surgery again. So they came Sunday night and uh, he went into the hospital. Holy name. He had uh, hip surgery Monday morning. So she's doing pretty good. good. You know, Matt bought a house down your way. Um, I forget where he is. He's got a little girl. Mike's up here. But yeah, so. Hey, so yeah, I mostly talk talked. To, I, I talked to young Mike, his wife, a lot. Right, right. The other rest of the family, Dawn, don't really talk. We had a big blow up ten years ago, and so. But I do. I do wish her happy birthday and stuff, and she does. All right. So. so. All right. I just figured I'd let you let you know. Yeah, I did see him. So. All right. Okay. Take care. Have a good day. Yeah. If you ever get off. I know. I got it now. I'm good. Forever uh, to get you on. Look at this. Oh, now all right. I got go. Going now. All right. Talk to you later. All right. No, you're not. See, you're still there. No, it says leaving. Is that your phone? Leave meeting. It is my phone. Then just shut your phone off. All right. You got it. Bye, Pam. Bye. <laughs> Okay, ladies and gentlemen, just a reminder that uh, whoever you are, you should always, always help anyone. The veterans need help. They always deserve help. Uh, they're the ones that keep us free. And if it wasn't for them, you all wouldn't be sitting here. So again, I want to thank Pam for her honorable stuff that she does, and I do wish her well. And if everybody else, my special guest next week, It'll be kind of weird because I will be doing an interview with myself and the following week one more. And we're going to see how we go from there because I do need some more subscribers. So have a good day, everyone. Remember, if you're not laughing, you're not living. <laughs>